Good afternoon, everyone. I know we are all, as a nation, still sort of reeling with all of the news that we heard over the course of the past week, the terrible shooting in Las Vegas. It seems that no matter where you get your news, whether it be social media or the television or the newspaper, tends to be stories of murder, of terrorism, natural disasters, nuclear threats, political turmoil. And we, as a culture, I guess, are bombarded with this news, bombarded with these images. There's almost no way for us to be able to escape them. And so what happens is this type of news tends to produce in our own lives great fear. People asking the question, will we be the victims of the next terrorist attack? Will a Category 5 hurricane hit the Gulf Coast? Will we face a nuclear war with North Korea in our lifetime? Will our government leaders, what will they do or what will they say next? This is not to mention the personal fears that we all have to deal with. The fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of sickness, losing our job or whatever it is. These things contribute to our own experience of fear. And as a result, that fear contributes to a lot of apprehension, uneasiness, and anxiety in our own lives. There have been studies that have shown that recently Americans are more anxious than they ever have been before. Sort of existence can be defined by that fear and the anxiety that comes with it. And so we all know, we've all experienced that. But then we hear St. Paul in today's second reading. He's clear, have no anxiety at all. He's telling the Christians in that community, have no anxiety at all. Instead, let the peace of God, which, which surpasses our understanding, guard our minds and guard our hearts. How is this possible to live in this peace, to have no anxiety at all, when we are bombarded with all of this disturbing news, with all the tragedy and the violence that surround us? How do we overcome the fear? How do we dispel the anxiety in order to be able to live in that interior peace? The first thing is we've got to acknowledge, and I think this is important, is that beyond the anxiety caused by the turmoil that we are aware of in our world, there are people who struggle with anxiety that comes as a result of something that was passed on to them genetically, or an anxiety disorder, that can and should be treated by professionals even if it means counseling therapy or even medication. We as a culture have got to get over the stigma that's been associated with that. Hopefully a lot of us have overcome the stigma with depression. We need to be able to overcome the stigma with anxiety. And if that anxiety comes from a deeper root, to be able to treat it. Get the help if you need. Don't over-spiritualize it and say, the Lord wants me to carry this cross. No, not necessarily. Go and get the help that you need. The second thing, and this is probably the most practical advice, particularly when it comes to dealing with the anxiety that comes or is caused by the news media and the social media, is we need to limit our access 
to the news, limit our access to traditional or even social media. If we're gonna, we want to keep up with what's going on in the world. I'm not saying that we should go live as hermits or something like that. We don't have to have the 24-hour news channel on all the time. We don't have to constantly be scrolling Facebook to find out what is going on. Honestly, the constant influx of news that causes anxiety is probably uh, engineered to do so. So we keep coming back and they can sell ads and make revenue. That's not even to say about the, talking about the, the, the anxiety that comes from simply having cell phones and social media access all the time. There's a big article on that just yesterday in the Wall Street Journal. That constant noise, that constant distraction, whether it comes from news or looking at cat pictures or whatever, the little buzz on our phone, tends to create anxiety. But the most important thing for us is going back to that second reading that we heard today where Paul says, have no anxiety at all. After that, he offers a solution. He offers the key for overcoming anxiety. He says we need to do it by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving making our requests known to God. We can overcome anxiety by prayer and by petitioning, asking the Lord for things, asking the Lord to take away our fear and anxiety, having a deep and committed prayer life. The studies have shown that people who are committed to prayer and meditation on a daily basis live longer lives, live healthier lives, don't have as high blood pressure. They have much more peace. It comes from prayer and a committed life of meditation. It creates an atmosphere where there's less anxiety in our minds and our hearts. But also thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God for the blessings that we have received in our life. This helps us to focus on the present moment, to not worry about the future or the past, to give thanks to God for what we have now. And in doing so, we create that positive energy in our lives, that attitude of gratitude, but it also helps us connect to Him who gives us and grants all the things we're thankful for. But, connected to this prayer and thanksgiving and this connection to God, there's something else that is crucial. And something else that we have got to talk about a little bit if we're going to really come to find the peace that dispels anxiety. And I said it at the 11 o'clock Mass, the way I'm going to talk about it, you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to give an analogy and talk about something you would think that makes no sense. And I told him at 11 o'clock, if it didn't make any sense, I'd get rid of it at 6 p.m. But the people at 11 o'clock liked it, so I'm going to use it. I'm going to focus on it even more. I don't know if you keep up with the box office, but the biggest film of the fall, the biggest film ever to debut in September, and one of the biggest films of the year is the big screen adaptation of Stephen King's 1988 novel, It. It is basically about a small town that's terrorized by a creepy killer clown. Well, a lot of people didn't want to see it. A lot of people did go see it. But I took the the chance and went to see it. There were some students who were too scared to go alone, so they asked me to come, so fine. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you read the book. I'm not suggesting that you see the movie. That's some pretty disturbing stuff in it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good movie and it was very thought-provoking. But there was something about the film that struck me, particularly as relevant for the topic we're talking about today. 
This is where you think I'm crazy. How can the killer clown tie into today's reading? Somebody explain. Whatever the origins of Pennywise the killer clown might be, the fact of the matter is there's something clear in the film. What's clear in the film is this clown, who is the villain, feeds off of the fear of the children in the movie. He has some preternatural ability to tap into their deepest fears and the anxiety that is created by them in their own lives and to be able to wreak havoc in, our law, in their lives. Now quite possibly, this is what I thought of after the Mass today, this might be the reason this movie has been such a hit. Besides the fact that it's, it's well done cinematography and well directed, is that it's tapping into the anxiety and the fears that we as a culture and a nation are feeling. We're sensing something, we're connecting with the fear and the anxiety of the kids. But upon reflecting a little bit more about it, I realized that all of the individual children of the film that are terrorized by the clown, all of their fears share something in common. They're all connected to a similar root. What that root is, or what that connection is, all the fears somehow tie back to their relationship with their earthly fathers. All of them, every single one in the film, had a father who was absent, who was abusive, who was neglectful, who wasn't loving in some way, shape, or form. None of them had fathers they could trust to protect them and guide them. None of them knew the love of a father. And this was the ultimate fear, no matter which way it manifested itself in the children, that this clown preyed upon. It's interesting to note that Stephen King, the author of the book, his father abandoned him and his mother when he was just two years old. So I'm not sure if these themes were placed there consciously or unconsciously, but it is quite clear that they are there in this movie. And so what I want to do, though, is keeping this in mind, and this is my, where it sound even more ridiculous, is I want to take that idea of fear and the way that the clown, someone is a symbol of their psychological anxiety or even the evil one, and how the fears are rooted in this lack of the presence of a loving father, I want to compare it to the saint we celebrated last week, Saint Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. And if you know anything about Saint Therese, and her little way, it is founded upon the idea that we should have no fear. We should live with no anxiety. She didn't. Why? Because of her great trust in the love of God, her Heavenly Father. She knew that God the Father loved her, even in her own weakness and her imperfection. She knew that he was in control of everything that was going on in the world and would always be there to guard and protect her. This is the foundation of the little way. And even more so, the foundation of her trust in God, the Heavenly Father, was laid by the love her earthly father, St. Louis Martin, showed to her during the course of her life. She had no fear, no anxiety, because she knew the love of the Father and trusted him that he would provide for her. And so if you inserted St. Therese into the movie It, the clown Pennywise couldn't have terrorized her. 
Because she didn't have the fears that he could feed upon. Doubt she'd even been scared of him. Also, I don't think that she would have talked to a clown who was down in a storm drain, nor would she have stuck her hand in that storm drain. That's a whole different story. St. Therese wouldn't have done that. But understanding this, this comparison of Pennywise and St. Therese gives us the key for our prayer, petition, and thanksgiving for it to truly be effective. We can't just recite prayers and thinking that if we do so, then all of a sudden the anxiety is going to go away like it's a magical formula. We can't just address our prayers to some distant God. They need to be addressed in that filial confidence to God who is a loving Father, whom we know and we know loves us and trusts us and is in control of our lives and in control ultimately of all the chaos in our world. Because if we don't know that God is loving Father, it's easy for fear and anxiety to take control of our lives. We just can't stop, snap our fingers and say, okay, I'm going to get rid of all anxiety. I'm going to have God the Father love me and know his love. It's not easy as that. What can we do to open ourselves more to trusting in the Lord and to knowing the Heavenly Father's love for us so that we can experience more peace. The first is to pray to God, the Heavenly Father. Hey, Lord, I want to know your paternal love for me. The best prayer you can pray is the Our Father. It's the one Jesus gave to us. Not just reciting it 10 times, but praying it slowly and really thinking about what it says. The second thing is, is if we know that we have some big father wound in our lives from our earthly father, pray for healing, seek counseling if necessary, look for a father figure in our lives that can make up for the lack of love that we may have received. Ask the Lord to send you that father figure so that love can travel through there so you can know your value and your worth. But third and finally, you do these other things, the most important thing is usually this. Sometimes you got to face the killer clown. You got to face your fears. You got to step out of the boat, even if you are frightened. We've got to be willing to say, even these things are real. I got to face the fears to overcome them. Trusting the Lord is going to sustain me if I step out of the boat. We said it before, quoting Father Jacques Philippe, you're not going to feel the tug of the parachute unless you jump out of the plane. Unless we take that step of faith and say we're going to work to overcome our fears and come to know God the Father, you're never going to feel His loving embrace. And so that's the key. In our lives, in a great way, we're whole into our society. Cast away a lot of this anxiety. Cast away the fear is to come to know and live in the love of God, our Heavenly Father. Amen.